0: Thank you. Have you ever wanted a program where people talk? People talk about things. Perhaps a program to fill the cold, dead void in your heart where friends should be. What if those people talking about things were me and my friend Phoenix? Almost like a
1: broadcast that you can listen to on your iPod Nano,
0: a podcast if you will. It's interesting you say that because podcast is actually a folk etymology. It's, people think it's a podcast because of iPods, but actually it's named after the inventor, Alexander Vasilievich Pode, the famous Soviet radio scientist in the 1920s. That's really interesting, Kat. I never knew that. What a fun and very true fact. It's, it's a very true fact. Today, we're going to be talking about a little place called the Internet. If you're not familiar with the Internet, it was started in 1969 by the Advanced Research Projects Agency of the United States Department of Defense as a way to allow nerds to look at pictures of cats and discuss the X-Files, but it has since evolved into something much darker, which Phoenix will tell you all about, and it's going to be awful. In particular, today
1: we are going to be talking about Reddit. Reddit started out as a news aggregate site, much like Dig. It was first founded on June 23rd, 2005, as the combined effort of University of Virginia nerds, Steve Hoffman, aka Spaz, who is the current CEO, and Alexis Ohanian. Ohanahan? Ohanian uh, aka Nothing. Nothing is best known for whenever the Reddit admins fired the popular Ask Me Anything moderator, Victoria, for no clear reason, and during all of the outrage, Nothing replied to the users of Reddit with Popcorn tastes good. He's a real charmer, that one. Uh, a few months later, the two added Aaron Sports, <laughs> aka Dead. Swartz unfortunately committed suicide as the federal government prepared to prosecute him for, quote-unquote, illegally downloading academic articles from the journal Storage, uh, one of the largest academic libraries. Why academic articles aren't free to the public to begin with? is beyond me. Swartz actually did something very similar with the public access to court electronic records for the same reason that the information was being charged for when it's ruining really the public interest for it to be free. At a cursory book, Swartz seems to be the best guy out of the founding trio, and we might dig into him more in the future.
0: In case you couldn't tell, The Internet Was a Mistake is a podcast very much in favor of piracy. Piracy is good, Yes. intellectual property is cultural theft, and Disney must be destroyed.
1: Yes. Down with Disney, if you are not actively throwing firebombs
0: at Disney
1: on a regular basis, in Minecraft, we would never advocate violence or any other sort of illegal activities on this show. Never, never, ever, ever. Okay, continue. Alright, so Reddit. Reddit didn't allow users to comment on any of the articles posted to it until December of 2005, a full six months after it was founded. In January of 2006, Reddit allowed users to create their own communities. These were known as subreddits, which is part of its large appeal to this day. It is the 18th most visited website in the world and the 7th in the United States, so I imagine anyone listening to this should have some familiarity with it. What people might not be as familiar with, however, is the dark and seedy underbelly of the site, by which I mean something that the site owners must have been incredibly proud of and something that made them a lot of money. Back when Reddit started in 2005, it was valued at about $100,000, which is still more money than I've made in the last five years. But by 2014, it was valued at $50 million. Now, nine years is a lot of time, but inflation doesn't account for that much of a growth. A gradual increase in its user base, however, would. You see, back in roughly 2009 to 2010, the two most popular Google search terms to find reddit.com were, first, Reddit, and second, Jailbait. Jailbait, as a matter of fact, won subreddit of the year in 2008. R slash Jailbait brought in millions of page views, which in turn gives ad revenue and user growth. Welcome to hell. So, at this point, you might be asking yourself, what is Jailbait? There's a Reddit forum and people Googling and a word with an abnormally large number of vowels and whatever, but what does it all mean? Well we're gonna tell you. But this might be a good time to check the constant warnings for this episode because it is bad. Constant warning, sexual
0: assault, murder, racism, everything. It it, it all of them. There's also some transphobia and some incest.
1: Yes. uh, Again, constant warning, everything. Just don't listen to this episode. Don't get on the internet. Log off, shut
0: down, burn everything. And as much as as we are a silly, silly podcast and say silly things, we are going to treat the subject sensitively because we are leftists. But that doesn't mean it won't necessarily be triggering. So. Correct. So that is your constant warning. Uh, here in about three
1: seconds, and I will count us down, will be your last chance to get away. Three, two, one, and... Firstly, jailbait is a term used to intellectually justify the sexual abuse of girls between 13 and 17.99 years of age by implying that they can consent to sex ethically, if not legally. Someone who is jailbait is an attractive person under the age of consent. If you were to have sexual relations with such a person, you would go to jail. They are bait to send you specifically to jail for statutory rape. The phrase bait" saw a lot of use on 4chan, usually in conjunction with that lovable scamp, Pedobear. Oh, knocking out the holy shit, the internet is awful. Whew. Whoever first made the subreddit knew exactly what kind of content they were after, there was no room for confusion here. Unlike the later Violent Acre subreddit, Rape, which started as the worst possible version of a forum titled Rape, could be, uh, which is now an incredibly heavily moderated support group. Um, some good came from that, you know, at least. So that's the modern usage. At one point in the distant past, it was also used to mean a juvenile delinquent who was destined for
0: jail. There was a movie in 1954 called Jailbait, which um, was the film debut of Steve Reeves, who went on to play Hercules. And and just just in case anybody was wondering, it's not about jailbait. It's an unremarkable film noir. Let's not tarnish the good name of Steve Reeves here. We should also note that this is the, uh,
1: the older Hercules, not the one with the guy from God's Not Dead. It's the Hercules all the loincloths. Yes. Classic. We love loincloths on this show. <laughs> Unfortunately, language is awful and we live in Hellworld. We now have the rapey definition of jailbait. Our modern usage of the phrase goes back as far as the 1930s, which is around the same time that we, as a civilization, started to update our age of consent laws and was
0: a reaction to this process. And also to the process of developing a youth culture. Because we were starting to talk about teenagers a lot more than we had in the past Yeah, like, recognizing they them, they were as a... depicted as having, as being people, I guess, with agency. Or yeah, something. as individuals separate from
1: children, but not quite adults. Yeah. You know? So, age of consent as a phrase has become the bane of my existence, and is almost always a key indicator in whether someone is a tremendous creep. Legally speaking, in America, in order to engage in sexual activity without restrictions, a person must be at least 16 years old, although some states go up to 17 or 18 years old. I've seen a lot of people, but especially r slash jailbait defenders, talk about how the age of consent is lower in Japan in particular. Which is accurate. In Japan, the age of consent is 13 years old, assuming that the individuals are in a serious relationship leading towards love. I actually had to research this, and I hate that. That is not the free-for-all, fuck-everyone-you-see type of paradise that files, which is just fedora for pedophile, spout. Any kind of physical or psychological pressuring towards sex of someone under 18 is still statutory rape there. Age of consent aside, in the United States, in order to appear in pornographic materials, an individual must be 18 years old. Otherwise, it is considered child pornography. There are no exceptions for creeps on the internet. With that in mind, let's talk about how our jailbait was specifically cultivated by Violent Acres and his moderation team. Because our jailbait wasn't some accidental artifact to bubble up from the primordial chaos of an unmoderated internet, it was created for a very specific purpose, and Violent Acres took an active approach to its moderation. Any post of someone who looked older than 16 or 17 was deleted. Since a lot of the content posted to r jailbait came from people stealing Facebook profile pictures, it is safe to assume that the people who looked younger than seventeen
0: probably were. That's like the opposite of the moderation policy a good website would have. Yeah. It's... like they were. So they were deleting specifically deleting people who looked as if they were older than the age of consent. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: Uh, Yeah, that that is something that Violent Acres uh, proudly proclaimed. Holy fuck. Yeah. He is a vile, vile human being. Let's also uh, just take a second real quick to really dissect how disgusting of a phrase jailbait is and the mentality that goes along with it. Specifically, the, uh, the bait part of it, like, draws my attention. It, much like the word trap, which is used by a lot of the same people, implies that the world and everyone in it exists for the satisfaction of their penises. Peni? Penises. Penises. Like, this girl is just minding her own business, and trying to cool down at the pool is baiting this creeper into sex, which she legally cannot consent to, so now the guy goes to jail. There's a long and gross tradition of this in literature. A successful and otherwise heroic man, full of complex thoughts and feelings. Deeper and richer feelings, of course, than whatever feelings the women in his life might have. Can women even have feelings, really? No, they cannot. As a maybe woman, uh, I can assure you that I do not have feelings, (laughs) I'm just a robot. Uh, And this man is then brought down by some naive girl child. Nabokov's Lolita is the obvious example, but also every novel by a middle-aged English professor ever.
0: Seriously, though, it's a whole genre. It's all the novels. If you have ever read a novel by a cishet white man, you have read
1: this one. So straight men clearly have no control over themselves, uh, which would explain why every man I've ever met has been constantly shitting and pissing and farting with every stuff he takes. Uh, I also have to wonder that if men cannot control their desires, apparently, are they even really fit to rule countries? Like, they could accidentally think of a woman they made eye contact with 15 years ago and started a nuclear war because he's angry she didn't immediately suck his dick. They're unstable, is what I'm saying, and we need asexual, agender people to rule society. Hello, everyone. I'm running for president in 2032. <laughs> Vote for Phoenix. We'll come back to r slash Shelby a bit later in the show. Again, Unfortunately.
0: Unfortunately. 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 The Internet with a Mistake is brought to you today by The Commodity. Are you, listener, a human with human needs of whatever kind? Well, a commodity is an external object, a thing which, through its qualities, satisfies human needs of whatever kind, and can then be exchanged for something else. The Commodity proud sponsor of The Internet Was a Mistake.
1: We've mentioned his name a few times now, so let's get into who Violent Acres actually is. Violent Acres first joined Reddit on the 1st of May 2009. Within a short amount of time, he started creating subreddits. Violent Acres quickly became, I want to say notorious, but it's more accurate to say famous on Reddit. He was something of a power user or someone who posted constantly and moderated several subreddits. And he was a moderator for both r slash and r slash creepshots, which r slash creepshots is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. They were uh, pictures of women that were taken by creepers, usually without the woman knowing that they were being photographed. Uh, this happened in public, on like public transit, or uh, in like shopping malls, on escalators, etc., etc. He's a bad man. He is a bad, bad, bad man. He also created a bunch of hilarious and interesting subreddits, such as r slash bitch. He also made a version of jailbait specifically for girls of color that was called the N-word jailbait, except, you know, not censored because this is the internet and white men using racial slurs is the single most important and most noble form of free speech. He made r slash rape bait, then r slash Hitler, r slash Jumerica, r slash misogyny, and r slash incest. He looked like he had something you want to say.
0: Oh, it's also worth pointing out, I think, that... He was the moderator for a ton of just kind of generically pornographic subreddits, but then he was also also the moderator for a ton of trans porn subreddits, most of which used slurs for trans people in the name. Yes, naturally. Uh, uh, but there's a whole thing with like creepy conservative guys and fetishizing trans women that we'll get into in another episode I'm sure. Yeah, yeah That there's a long history there. Uh, but- it's a special visible on
1: the internet. But Violent Acres is certainly part of
0: that tradition. Yeah.
1: Now, according to Violent Acres, all of these subreddits were made simply to shock and offend, whereas he seemed to have joined the moderation team of r slash jailbait out of genuine interest on in the subject, which, and I will reemphasize this, was borderline and or actual child porn. Violent Acres started identifying himself as the creepy uncle of Reddit. This is accurate to the point of being an understatement. In October 2011, Violent Acres hosted an Ask Me Anything thread.
0: One user asked him what the creepiest thing he'd done was. Oh god, this- and this one is bad. This- this is especially bad. So remember those content warnings here, people. Yeah, if you have made it through this much so far, thank you for listening, for
1: one. And for two, please brace yourselves because it only gets worse. That would be a tough call, he replied. Perhaps oral sex with my 19-year-old stepdaughter. He later tried to explain this away by saying that she had been getting high and aroused because of that. Uh, Since she was a legal adult, both were able to consent according to him. This is in complete disregard to the fact that 1. He was her stepfather, and 2 that she had recently moved back in with her stepfather and mother due to financial issues. And three, she was high. We do not know the full story of what happened in this incident, if it even actually happened, but just in case it did. Being in the role of a father figure and providing her with shelter would create a massive power imbalance between the two of them. This could be, at best, considered a case of coercion with an inebriated person, not unlike what Harvey Weinstein has had dozens of women accuse him of. Whether the story is true or not, violent Acres admitted to sexual assault,
0: or even rape, depending on the state they were in at the time. So, there's also the disturbing possibility here that this anecdote about his stepdaughter getting high was intended not as a defense of his actions, but, you know, as a tip to his fellow creeps about how to seduce, and let's be clear, by seduce here he means rape young women. You know, you get them high, and then they get aroused. It's gross and terrible. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it is bad. Feel free to pause the episode at any
1: time and just take breather, because it is very Rough. Yeah, or if you need to go throw up. Yes, we have paused and started recording this episode 15 times now. But, mm-hmm.
0: but like, from what we know about this guy, I think it's a real possibility that he doesn't feel any guilt or remorse about his behavior and wasn't like defending it at all.
1: Yeah, b- based off of my research, it is very, very probable that he doesn't feel any guilt. So other lowlights of this Ask Me Anything thread include a user asking him what was under his kilt. Another user said, A 15-year-old girl. To which Violent Acre said, Not as fun as you'd think. Girls that age have no clue how to give good head. It's much more fun to give them head. Often, they've never had a decent orgasm. And they all taste so good at that age. For those keeping track at home, this is now the second admission to sexual assault, this time against minors. In the same thread, Violent Acres claims to be genderqueer and said that he has a strong predilection for pre-op male to female transsexuals. Talked a little bit earlier about how there's a long and ugly history of straight cisgender men deciding that their attraction to trans women somehow makes them queer and part of our community, and that is obviously bullshit. It's such bullshit. There is no evidence, aside from this comment, that Violent Acres ever actually identified as genderqueer. While it's hard to pinpoint any single worst answer to the questions asked of them, one exchange does stand out. Reddit user Sad Axe asked, Your daughters are no longer teens, but if you saw their teenage self-shot pictures pop up, would you not be furious? To which Violent Acres replied, My youngest stepdaughter is a bitch on wheels and can take care of herself. There are no lewd pictures of my oldest. I know, I was there, and would have taken them had I had the chance. However, along your hypothetical lines, no. I would use the exposure to impress upon the girls that they were goddamn fools for taking such pics, and the exposure was exactly what they deserved for doing it to begin with. Teens are plenty old enough to be
0: responsible for their own actions and to suffer the consequences of them. Wait, so when he says to suffer the consequences of your action, he's, he's saying that the proper consequences for taking a naked picture of yourself are for creepy old men on the internet to look at it. Yes, Okay. Uh,
1: yes, he seems to be under the impression that if you have ever taken a naked picture of yourself ever, then if, for example, your iCloud account gets hacked and the picture's stolen, then it's really your own fault, which
0: that is a whole other topic for a whole other episode. I was gonna say, this sounds like you're talking about a very specific event. Oh, I am. Stay tuned, listeners. Right,
1: so uh, I'm not going to spend up a whole lot of time on all the horrible, violent things that Violent Acres posted during his Highland Reddit, so we're going to skip ahead some. On the 29th of September, 2011, Anderson Cooper aired a piece on his CNN show about the Jailbait Forum. I can't actually find a copy of the actual segment, but I do know that a guest on Anderson Cooper's spot explained that r slash jailbait was distasteful for sure, but there's a lot of gray area about the actual legality of the content posted. It should be noted that this is one of, if not the first time, that Reddit is talked about on a major major media network. Remember, this is 2011. This is still in the early days of social media. Even Facebook had only been open to the general public for like five years at this point. Internet culture was not a part of the real world. Outside of the few mass shootings that were posted about on 4chan and a couple of the anonymous protests against Scientology, it wasn't a thing. There was no crossover. It's hard to know exactly what brought Anderson Cooper's attention to the subreddit. Users of the subreddit, shit Reddit Says, which catalogued the worst opinions and comments across the website, and are basically the heroes of the story, did have a few threats advocating for mass reports to major news sources. Something Awful, a completely different website, also claimed responsibility for reporting r-slash-jailbait to Anderson Cooper. I think we would ultimately have to ask Anderson Cooper himself what motivated him to do the story so if anyone out there has any ties to anderson cooper please help him get in contact with us
0: because we would love to do an interview and you know we're a tiny podcast but maybe maybe you saved his puppy maybe he owes you maybe you pulled a lion from <laughs> pulled a lion from his
1: thorn is what Kat was going for <laughs> So if you are a wine puller or a uh, dog saver for Anderson Cooper, let us know. At any rate, Reddit is now in the public eye. People were questioning why this community was allowed to exist for so long, and the answer to that is pretty clear. Jailbait was the second largest search term bringing Reddit traffic, and the community had about 800,000 members, as well as receiving millions of page views. On top of that, the administrators of Reddit presented themselves and their website as a bastion of free speech. The old adage, I may not agree with what you say, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it, was basically their philosophy towards running the site, except when it concerned bad press, as they ban all links to the news stories about r/slash jailbait and rslash creepshots, at least temporarily. This is also why other subreddits dedicated to harassment and toxicity, such as r slash the Donald or r slash and r slash Fat People Hate, uh, which will all be subjects of future episodes, were able to stick around for as long as they did. This philosophy also seems to be what has led to the large misunderstanding of what free speech actually means. Free speech is not everybody can say whatever they want without consequences ever no matter how much conservatives might want it to be interestingly enough reddit only seems to have discovered this principled commitment to free speech around the time it started to receive criticism for the vile content it hosted in the early days of reddit bans were handed out relatively like arbitrarily Also, just in case you thought that Reddit was even remotely better about banning these kinds of communities, sorry to burst your bubble, CreepShots has been replaced by r slash Discord Nudes, a subreddit whose over 200,000 subscribers will post pictures from other Discord users. Did
0: these people get consent from the original posters? Great question! Okay, that actually is very disturbing as a person who uses Discord. Like yes. I'm glad I'm only in tiny, tiny communities with friends. Yes. And not um, random people. So okay. if you run a Discord, maybe vet your users before you let them on. Or just don't use Discord or the internet. It's a mistake. The internet was a mistake. Although if it weren't for the internet, you wouldn't be able to listen to our podcast. But maybe we could just like send you we mail you a tape. Send us an
1: email at internetwasamistakepod at gmail.com if you'd like us to send you a tape of our podcast. <laughs> we're not going to do it, but if you like us to, like, we would like to know. Okay, so, as a result of the negative press attention by Anderson Cooper, Reddit finally bans r slash jailbait. During the controversy, Eric Martin, the site's general manager at the time, reached out to Violent Acres beforehand to warn him that they were going to have to shut down his prized possession. Want to give you a heads up, Martin wrote. We're making a policy change regarding jailbait-type content. Don't really have a choice. The report and subsequent banning of jailbaits resulted in users of Reddit at large feeling personally attacked by Anderson Cooper and by CNN. Several threats were made mocking the segment and making fun of the mispronunciation of Violent Acres as Violenta Cruz because that is Reddit's idea of debate and discourse is oh-ho-ho. Ho you made a typo. This feeling of being personally attacked when negative behavior by another member of a group you identify with is called out is actually a phenomenon that has now been identified as contributing to radicalization. It's called the uncertainty identity theory, um, which was coined by Hogg and Wagner, but we'll get to that in a bit. Consequences for Violent Acres himself finally came on the 12th of October, 2012, when Adrian Chin published an article for Gawker titled, Unmasking Reddit's Violet Acres, The
0: Biggest Troll on the Web. Which is uh, an interesting choice in words, if yeah, you ask me. It's interesting that he's being identified as a troll, because... Trolling seems to be the least of his like bad the bad things that he did. It's like you're saying it's just a prank, bro. It's I just you know yeah. See, like it's it's a prank. Child pornography
1: ring. Is oh, it is. oh no. So I've been on the internet for a long time, and whenever I was young on the internet, trolling was going into like a Naruto forum and going. Kah. Goku could beat Naruto easily, and then leaving, because it would get everybody up in a frenzied arguing, but you wouldn't actually be there. Trolling was not creating a forum for fucking pedophiles. Anyway, in the article, Chen revealed a number of details about Reddit's creepy uncle. The most important, perhaps, being the identity of the man himself. Michael Bruch is now a 58-year-old man, making him about 50 at the time of the article, and 48 when he started
0: participating in R slash jailbait. So this was just a youthful indiscretion, and I'm sure that's how he'll describe it in his inevitable 2040 presidential campaign. Oh, yes, absolutely.
1: Uh, As a 48-year-old myself, uh, as far as you know... Uh, I often make youthful indiscretions such as uh Okay, I don't have to have anything for this.
0: Um Usefully Yeah. Well no, it's st- starting this tangent was a youthful indiscretion that you're now older and wiser and know better <laughs> than to do. Uh
1: <laughs> the internet was a mistake. <laughs> okay. Um so at the time of the article, he was living in Arlington, Texas- we're just gonna move away from this disaster- uh, <laughs> living in Arlington, Texas, and working as a software engineer. Instantaneously, the veil of- I can never pronounce this word, forgive me- Anonymity, cutie. Anonymity. 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 We will edit this out later. Unless, no, we won't. Unless Kat is feeling especially vicious. We're gonna leave this in. Instantaneously, the veil of anonymity was yanked and y- Yote. Uh, it was yote. Yanked and yote from Violent Acres. <laughs> what was I think? Okay. <laughs> the comments that he had made about his personal life in the past can now be verified. His second and, as far as I can tell, current wife is severely disabled. He has a son in the military. His home life sounds largely normal, despite the disgusting nature of what Bruch posted daily. His family knows all about what he posted on Reddit. For example, from the Gawker article, One thing that Brooch wasn't worried about when I talked to him on the phone was his immediate family finding out about his online habits. He won't really care, said Brooch of his teenage son. He thinks I'm creepy as it is. Which is accurate. As a result of his identity being exposed, Michael Bruch was fired from his job. Obviously, no employer, no matter how vile they are, Disney just pops into my head for some reason, Well, want someone who is associated with sharing maybe, possibly, almost definitely child porn. In various articles discussing Bruch being fired, Reddit claimed that it had banned him and his various accounts multiple times in the year between Anderson Cooper's report and Adrian Chen's. I hadn't actually fact-checked this claim to know for certain, but I do have some questions about the veracity of it. Reddit at some point gave Violent Acres the Pimp Daddy account award. This is the only time that award has been given to anyone. And as far as I can tell, it was because Violent Acres had helped to grow Reddit with his plethora of porn communities. Brooch also had a lot of leeway on Reddit. According to a former lead programmer, Reddit administrators let Bruch oversee the not-safe-for-work side of Reddit, basically treating him as an unpaid administrator for that side of the site. Once we came to terms, he was actually pretty helpful. He would come to us with things we hadn't noticed, said Chris Slow, the programmer. At the time, there were only four of us working, so that was a great resource for us to have. With his identity exposed, Bruch closed down his Violent Acres account himself. It was not banned by the Reddit administration, because Reddit can never seem to do the right thing at the right time. Bruch immediately started a new account under the alias M. Bruch. On the 17th of October 2012, approximately a week after A.J. and report came out, Bruch made a post on Reddit's uh, subform r slash for hire. He advertised himself as a senior Perl programmer with, and I quote, five years experience building and maintaining adult communities, which is an interesting way to describe uh, moderating a child pornography forum on a website that has done all of the coding legwork. That's a good point, One Reddit user, going by Stotts, replied to Baruch's resume with, I'm not an IT manager, but I'm a senior IT developer, and I've been called in many times to do the technical vetting interviews. Your resume sucks. You've been in the business for all these years, and all you have to sell is Perl, Bash, and PHP. This indicates to me is that you are lazy, and you have done the bare minimum to stay employed without taking the effort to expand your skills. Brooch, after being completely and totally destroyed by his comments,
0: shut down the Embrooch account as well. Now, that seems to me like, and this is a a big tangent, but this whole thing about, like, Pearl programmers and you don't have the skills, why are you even trying to get a job? From people who didn't know that this guy ran a child port ring, they were just, like, dunking on him for being not the best programmer it seems like a whole a whole nother way that Reddit culture is toxic because Yeah. And it's a whole way that like the culture of computer people is toxic. There's a lot of You just have to learn how to code. One-upmanship. You have to learn to code, but if you learn to code and you only learn a few programming languages, then you're not even trying and why are you looking for a job? Yeah, no, it's uh,
1: a lot of the the tech people, uh, a lot of people in STEM are not very friendly to anyone, which is also why there are basically no women in STEM programs. I think there's like a 25% or 25% of the people in STEM programs are women, which is interesting statistic. I wonder why that could be.
0: Yeah, not that there aren't some very lovely people in STEM. I'm sure who might be listening to this podcast, but you are the exceptions, all of you lovely listeners. If you are into mathematics,
1: then yes, you are very lovely, Zoe. <laughs> That—that's what—that's what Cat uh, what is trying to get at specifically. You're silly. So, Bruch came back to Reddit a short time later under username VA underscore one 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 zero two zero one two to post I miss posting porn which is exactly what someone who regrets what he's done would say. These days, Bruch is living in Little Rock, Arkansas. His website, which I refuse to link due to brooch being a vile scumbag of human and because I don't want to support him in any way, identifies this with I'm a fungible technical resource living in the town where President William Jefferson Clinton was born. He also identifies himself as an old man just trying to stay out of trouble. His blog consists of sporadic pictures of his cats and his garden. I don't know how much business the man is doing these days, But I do know that he had a GoFundMe in the midst of being terminated to help fund his wife's medical treatment, which… the guy is a piece of shit and
0: it's horrible, but… But so is our healthcare system.
1: I don't actually know which one… I I do know which one I hate more. It's it's our healthcare system. Everyone should have full access to healthcare at any time. Medicare for all.
0: Arguably one of the worst things about our healthcare system is that it forces us to have sympathy with people like Brudge when… He runs into problems with it. If we had Medicare for all, then no one would have to care that his wife got sick. We could be like, fuck him. Oh, it's true. Yeah, it's... Oh, what a world we've lived in. Also, his affinity with Bill Clinton is fascinating here. Like, that he moved to Little Rock, and the thing he says about it is that it's where President William Jefferson Clinton was born, and, you know, famed, famed predator, super, a super predator, if you will. <laughs> William Jefferson Clinton.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how predators seem to uh, flock together. So, what's the takeaway here? A couple things. Violent Acres defended his myriad posts on horrible, horrifying topics as being a simple desire to shock and offend, as if that makes it okay. Like, offending people is some noble end that would justify any means. He once said... Anonymity can be used as an enabler. It can also, as in the case of Mexican bloggers covering cartels, be used in the opposite direction. It is not in and of itself the problem. But would he have created a beating women subreddit without being anonymous? It's hard to say. For the longest time, anonymous posting was the cover people used to be vile to each other. But now your friend Tanner on Facebook is openly asking the Jewish question. These anonymous, unmoderated communities radicalize
0: people by normalizing extreme opinions. And sometimes this can be a good thing. This process of radicalization can give us the Arab Spring, widespread protests against police brutality, and the recent wave of strikes.
1: But when a community rooted in racism and misogyny radicalizes, you get violent fascists. When trolling or the commonly used satire defense become indistinguishable from full-on, actual hatred, as it inevitably does, how do we combat the real harm caused by people like Violent Acres? Here's a sentence that no normal person should ever hear. Let's take another look at Jill Bait. Because the content Violent Acres promoted was not just offensive or in poor taste, it was objectively harmful. According to Drew A. Kingston et al., in Volume 34, Issue 4 of Aggressive Behavior, highly deviant pornography, such as jailbait, is correlated with increased recidivism rates of sexual offenders. The two big communities that Violent Acres kind of made famous, Jailbait and creep shots, are shining examples of the larger cultural issue of the sexual objectification of women and girls. When someone is objectified or fetishized, their agency is completely stripped. This has severe impacts on the mental health of the ladies in your life, including, but not limited to, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and low self-esteem. Consumption of child porn, even proxy porn such as jailbait, is a likely indicator of actual assaults. This is why Violent Acres is subreddit, and jailbait especially are such problems. The only concern is getting their sexual kicks at the expense of the people around them. A lot of rapists do not even realize that they're rapists because of communities and attitudes like the ones that we've talked about today. We may never know exactly how many were harmed by the repercussions of Violent Acre's actions. We know that normalizing violent thoughts and racism leads to violent actions and hate crimes. Defenders of Violent Acres, Reddit, 4chan, 8chan, and all sorts of these toxic communities want to use the somewhat academic debate over the value of anonymity in society to distract her attention from the terrible things they've done and continue to do. Last we heard, Michael Bruch was living somewhere in Little Rock, but can only hope that he gets torn apart by jaguars or mountain lions and rots and piss until the heat death of the universe. I want to end with this. In July of 2020, Michael B. Taker shared a story on Twitter about a bartender kicking out a Nazi who hadn't done anything in order to keep his bar from becoming a Nazi bar. He explained that by saying that if you let one in, uh, and then later, that one brings in his friend, and then that friend brings in another friend, and then before you know it, it's a full-on Nazi bar. It's a good parable about the insidiousness of that kind of community. Predators will do their best to make themselves seem harmless. But then, before you know it, Devin, if you have an infeibophilia problem on Rabbit. As violent as Michael Bruch is, he wouldn't have become infamous if it wasn't for Steve Huffman and Alexis Hanahan letting that first Nazi hang out in their bar. Have you really been far, even as decided to use Even Go once to do look more like?
0: Ask your doctor about gender. So, Phoenix, you did most of the research for this episode, and I was curious if you found anything that gives you insight into Michael Brucci's motives for the things that he did. Like, what was he getting out of running this this subreddit and because It seems to me like the comment that he made about I miss posting porn, like, all of this shit is still on the internet in a bunch of different places, and I'm sure he's smart enough to find it. Yeah, like, I mean, if he's
1: so desperate to be posting porn still, like, he could just do that on 4chan or, more likely, 8chan. So I think what he misses most is actually the... The notoriety um, that comes from having like a name, even if it's not his actual name, just a name uh,
0: attached to it. So, so he so wants he, to be famous. This is the himself. social role. Yes, the, the role of being like the kingpin of the child pornography ring. There's some psychology there, and I think it's very revealing about how these kind of men think and how they work, because it's like. The motivation is not explicitly sexual, despite it being... Or it is sexual, but it's not sexual, like, immediate gratification from the pornography itself. It's sexual, like, it's like a relationship that he has with other men that is sexual and is mediated through images of young women. Yeah, I I mean I think that's what it
1: is, and I actually don't know how much he did get off to the jailbait, but I do think he really enjoyed that, like those feelings of power and authority and being the source. I mean, maybe he did get off to, like, that power as well, but there's a lot of questions to be had about him specifically that I think the only way to get those answers
0: would be to talk to
1: him, and I just have no interest in doing that. It's He is a disgusting man.
0: Yeah, we are absolutely not going to talk
1: to him, obviously. No. It's if you have contact with Michael Bruch, uh, just stop or light him on fire. Don't actually light him on fire. We don't advocate violence on
0: this podcast. Against anybody at all except Henry Kissinger. Yes, which Henry Kissinger doesn't count as a people. He is a witch. That
1: is the only explanation for how he's survived for this long. (laughs)
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, though, about it being, like, a relationship between the different men involved in the subreddit? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I think that is definitely an aspect to it. Okay, so I feel like we should hit on this free speech thing, because it's a big part of this story, even though it's not the most awful part of the story. It's a lot of the philosophical justification for the bad things that these people do. And it's going to come up again in future episodes because oh yeah no it,
1: it comes up all the time in the research that i've done on a lot of our topics so far like this one and several future topics it's always free speech with these people. Like, they believe that speech should be absolute whether you agree with it or not. And, like, the worst thing in the world to these people is cancel culture. Uh, they believe that just, you know, being canceled is part of good men. you know, more than it should. And it really isn't the case. Like, free speech isn't everyone has
0: to listen to you all the time. Another thing that occurs to me about the free speech thing is that there's a lot of people who seem to use these things as if they were magic words. Like, free speech is a magic word that you say it, and it will sort of protect you from you know, from consequences and make it where the content of your ideas no longer matters, because now the debate is about whether you, under free speech, have the right to say them. And honestly, like, I, I don't believe in free speech. I think that... Cat hates America. I honestly do, though, but <laughs> I don't... Yes, we're going to get canceled so hard, but I don't believe in, (laughs) I don't believe in free speech in, in the sense that like, I suppose that you have the legal right to say something. If I disagree with it, I don't want you to fucking say it. I want you to say something different that I agree with because that's how having opinions works. Like I have my beliefs. sounds like you're just a,
1: a special snowflake cat and there aren't safe spaces in the real world. Which is why I don't want you to talk about any of that SJW shit, because it hurts my peepees and it, uh-huh. it makes my PP shrivel up.
0: And that's Reddit. That is all of Reddit. Congratulations, you don't have to go to the site anymore. But um, but what I'm getting at is that we frequently get dragged into these conversations about formalism.
1: Yeah, and, you know, that's something that I see like, a lot of liberals get, you know, caught up in a lot of the time, is that, like, oh, they go low, we go high. And I don't believe that shit for a moment. Like, fucking cuss someone out if they're being obnoxious. I don't fucking give a shit. Like, they don't deserve your respect because they don't respect you. Like, formal debate is for the audience. Like, I'm not going to change Nazis' mind. You know what does change their mind? Random acts of violence, but we don't advocate for that on this podcast. Do not hit Richard Spencer in the face with a bike walk. Do not do that. As hilarious as it would be. Do not do that.
0: But I guess what I mean, when I say formalism, I mean, like, this question of what does the law say? What are are the logical arguments? And that sort of thing. As opposed to, like, what is the form of what's being said? As opposed to the content. And I think that that is something that people do tend to get caught up on. Is that, like, the legality of
1: it. It's like, sure, you have the legal right to say that you hate everyone who isn't a white male. Laws change. Just because
0: something is legal doesn't mean it is ethical or moral. Yeah, and as leftists I think we need to be, like, we're not a legal movement and the changes that we would like to see are not going to happen because the law changes, it's going to require a massive cultural shift and it's it's just a different question from whether or not these people have, have the right to say things on a website. I'm glad he brought up the, the legal movement
1: That leftism cannot be legal. You cannot elect your way into socialism. The capitalist class will not give you the tools to dismantle the capitalist class. It requires direct action. It requires going on strike. If you're being mistreated at work and you know other people are getting mistreated at work, like you've got to band together and fucking walk out and
0: take care of each other afterwards. And there's things like like forming unions and co-ops and all of that, but some of it is also just telling these right-wingers to shut up or not providing a platform for them to abuse women or be misogynist. Just as long as you don't hit them in the face with a bike lock. Is this the thing that happened that you're talking about oh, or is yeah, this a hypothetical yeah, see thing? I've seen a video of like the guy getting punched. He's punch, punch, the Nazis. Oh, yeah, well there are so many videos of Nazis getting punched. I'm not as I'm not as online as I could be. Honestly, you know you're better off for it. I am terminally online, and
1: it has made me a very just angry, bitter, sad person of indiscriminate gender. Did you know that
0: the internet is a mistake, is what I'm saying. The internet is a mistake. I feel like the, the we're internet to is a mistake.com. Is not our website Twitter you? at
1: oops internet pod, or email us at internet at gmail.com. Or throw us money on Patreon at internet was a mistake forever. 8,000,
0: I don't fucking know what our
1: what our Patreon is. Don't give us money. That's fucking weird.
0: Also, we are all of those things are online, and you're listening to this online and stuff. But it's okay because I'm as a I'm not really a Gen Xer, but as someone who's almost a Gen Xer, I'm I'm terminally irony poisoned. I think after the presidency
1: of Donald Donald Trump, we are all irony poisoned on this blessed
0: day. So it's okay to be a little hypocritical.